Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. This is in your. You know what it is? It's a dimly lit room. It's deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. It's a little Thursday. Trash is due for me. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. A little Thursday. The jury! The jury in the Derek Chauvin trial. All right. Couple of quick deliberating sessions, then they brought the hammer down. Have they come forward and talked to anybody yet? I suppose at some point they'll do interviews or something. Mm, maybe Wr- write a book or yeah, somebody might do an Oprah special. I hope not. Have you heard any interviews from any of the jurors though on how they came to their decision or what it was like or anything? Not a syllable, Mo. Yeah, I think they're probably keeping their heads down. I think that's a smart thing to do. I would. Da-da. Yep, I certainly would. Yep, da 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 da. Well, so that's over. Or is it? It's over. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of discussing and what it means and what it doesn't mean, but most of it's just uh, gum flapping. I think uh, it's an individual case in which uh, the police acted very poorly and guy, policeman got what he deserved. And I don't know that it has any greater meaning than that. We uh, received an email, which I will share with you in mailbag in the next segment, that I think is uh, one of the best summaries I've ever heard of the whole thing, and it's like two sentences long. So stay tuned for that, would you? The whole, I'm sure we have Nancy Pelosi where she talks about, uh, God bless you, George Floyd, and all that you've done and everything like that. And uh, he was was a career criminal who, uh, you know, if you have enough interactions with the police, you're going to have some bad ones. Um the policeman still guilty, doesn't get to do that. All kinds of wrong, but don't be a career criminal would be one life lesson from the whole thing. Uh, there are plenty of people say he was a nice fella, real nice fella. He was living a pretty good life when he uh, when he died. But the idea that he's some sort of paragon and hero and we should worship him, he should become something like a saint is an odd idea. Well, I want to I want to make it completely clear. The police were wrong. I think Chauvin's a murderer. That was awful what he did to George Floyd, but George Floyd was a nice guy as he's passing bad money high on crazy drugs. That's a heck of a way to spend your evening, man. Right. No, I hear you. And he went to prison seven times? Two armed robberies, I believe, is the story. So, uh, I don't know. That doesn't make you a great guy. Yeah, I don't remember. He went down seven times, huh? Uh, seven times uh, convicted, or that's what Candace Owens said on Tucker last night. I can to verify that she's usually factually correct. Yeah, I, d- I just wish we'd look at all these cases individually. Of you know, course. if if you want to make some sweeping narrative, uh, and and you find a sweeping narrative that works, it's fine. But like NPR this morning, uh, who said, and while the trial was going on, many more people of color were shot dead by police. Yeah, no, would weren't. you like to go through them individually? Because they're each individually different. Some of them, I don't, we're going to need more information on whether or not the police were wrong. Some of them, it looks like we got a lot of the information and the police were absolutely in the right and nobody seems to disagree with it. So don't lump them all together with some, like some, with some sort of narrative that doesn't work. You know nothing about building progressive narratives, sir. You can't facts. Are you kidding me? 
Facts are, are an impediment. They're a handicap. They're, they're a boulder to be climbed over. And you can vaporize that boulder, that boulder by merely pretending that they're all the same. It's like a magic power. Um, one of the interesting things was uh, Chauvin, the murderous cop, writing a phone number on the palm of his hand. So if he ended up going to, the, to jail, which he, he did, He'd have a the number of his lawyer to call. Is that the way you do it? You have to write it on your hand? If you don't have it on your hand, you're out of luck? Well, they, they strip you down and take all your stuff. He's a cop. He knows more about it than I do. But uh, Yeah, you'd think he could go ahead and get that number of his lawyer, though. Or you can't have a business card in your pocket or something? <laughs> Maybe he hit it off with the uh, court reporter. I don't know. She gave him uh, her digits. My, I don't know. F- my favorite non-serious part of the day yesterday was O.J. Simpson weighing in <laughs> on Twitter. We'll have to play that oh. for you later. It's absolutely unbelievable. I almost can't even take that. I mean, I just, having followed that trial and seen the crime photographs, I still have a hot, I, I, I'm still always like 50-50 incredibly amused and incredibly sickened every time he weighs in on something like this. Damn! Which, you, you enjoy it on whatever level you can, folks. <laughs> we'll get to that. How about we promise this hour we'll get to that? Because it's it's worth hearing, I think. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, a lot yeah. of great stuff. And not wallowing in the uh, the Chauvin trial. Either. No, I you know, We'll bring you what you need to know. To, but... to my mind, it's uh, mostly over. And uh, what's there to say? I don't, I don't know if there is a sweeping narrative. Um, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. I'm sure they knew that in the jury room, and that's why we do it here. At uh, a reason for us to introduce everybody, including our technical director, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, doing good. Uh, yesterday, I was driving home right as the verdict was about to be read, and I got inside just in time to turn it on. I turned on, uh, I guess, Fox or one of the cable news channels, and they read it. And then all of a sudden, click, my wife turns it off. She goes, okay, you heard the verdict. That's enough. <laughs> no, but it was funny because she had a good point. She's all, I, I don't want to sit here and listen to everybody wallow. I don't and, blame you. And she's I don't all, blame her. She, she used to get really stressed out by news, so she basically has given up on it. Um, for the most part, she oh, I know. a little bit. I know quite a few people like that, Michael. Yeah, yeah. so she said, I don't want you getting caught up in that. We're not going to talk about this all afternoon, so just turn it off. You know what happened, and yeah, my y- done. My youngest son takes in the stress of other people, which is a terrible thing to do with your life. Uh, I hope we can find a way out of it. But if if people on TV seem stressed out, it stresses him out. Yeah, just, I, uh, I've got a little bit of that in me, too. Hmm. Uh, I've, I've had to become hardened. Yeah. Uh, there's Positive Sean, who smiled. Oh, I'm through. sorry. Before we get to Sean, Michael, yeah. you've got to tell that woman, I'll watch what I want, woman. Oh, wow. I did. You I jot did. down that wow. phrase. Wow. You, you use that. Write it on your hand like Derek Chauvin in the phone. Exactly. Number. I'll do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll just flash the hand to her. On to Sean. There's <laughs> Sean, uh, who's uh, smiles something or other. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. Um, Pulling back the radio curtain a little bit. In the, in the industry, there are things known as teases, right? These are the things that often at the end of the segments will be like, hey, coming up there, you know, blah, blah, blah. To keep around. Sometimes, you know, in the, in the improvisational jazz nature that is, uh, that is radio, uh, they're not always planned out. But good news, I have secured some teas in a box for us. These are, these are huh. evergreen. We can use these, this tease anytime we need to, and it is guaranteed <laughs> to get people to stick through the break. Here it is. We'll be right back with Cher. Boom! There we go. Huh? Whenever wow. we need a test, share. Who's it? Do you believe in love after love? Come on! What? Wow. Come on now! We got a great show for you tonight. 
My guest is Cher. Yes! Did Come the on. first five to 12 guests cancel? Is that Greg what? Gutfield? <laughs> no, that's Colbert. That's Colbert. Oh, Colbert. Yeah. Uh, we'll be right back with Cher. Oh, <laughs> if that doesn't, If that uh, doesn't honey. keep you around, what will? Honey, put the dinner on a back burner. Wait a minute. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Wednesday, April 21st, the year 2021. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Sonny, I'd stay tuned for. Share not so much. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. <laughs> and uh, and criticize what they were saying when they claimed later on that they meant pretty much what Maxine Waters meant. So you would think these politicians could communicate a lot better than evidently they've been doing. In any event... We got the NFL draft coming. <laughs> Damn! We have more from OJ on his uh, Twitter speculation. Oh, I'm just saying. Oh my God, it's so terrible. So every day when I do the date, I uh, I lately I've been hesitating to see if it's some special date because we missed a good one like a week or so ago. So today is Wednesday, so that's nothing. April four four two one is nothing. Back in March, we missed a day where it was a Fourth day in the third month. Oh, we missed yeah. a four, three, four, two, three, one. two, one. Yeah, somehow. Damn. I feel like you know that'll never come back again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Coming up, share. <laughs> How does the mailbag look? Oh, it's better than share. It's quite good. Like I said, very eloquent analysis of the Chauvin trial. I suppose your thoughts on the verdict, if you have them, uh, text line four one five two nine five KFTC. So what does the world talk about now that this is over? We'll move on to. We'll figure that out for you. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, I have quite a bit I want to get to today, just speaking for myself. But yeah, the national story, the... Particularly the uh, national object of scorn, ridicule, fake outrage, uh, narrative building, the rest of it, we'll have to see. Uh, Sean, do you have that uh, OJ clip handy still, the one that you just played? Uh, My buddy Mike the Lawyer just pointed out, OJ's tweet sort of had the same feel and format as Vin Scully when he was doing the uh, socialism rant. Anyway, oh and two. Anyway, the <laughs> and, uh, and criticize what they were saying when they claimed later on that they meant pretty much what Maxine Waters meant. So you would think these politicians could communicate a lot better than evidently they've been doing. In any event, we got the NFL draft coming. <laughs> it is very similar. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, oh and two. <laughs> Oh, but with more history of murdering people than Vince, Vince Scully. Vince Scully never beheaded two people. That nope. we know of. That we know of. Mailbag. Your freedom-loving quote of the day from Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr., the great uh, Supreme Court Justice. 
Yeah, I'll go with this one. I think that we should be eternally vigilant against attempts to check the expression of opinions that we loathe and believe to be fraught with death, unless they so imminently threaten immediate damage to the country that an immediate check is required. Of course, you know, the argument of the snowflakes is that you've created an unsafe space. I'm literally being physically threatened by you saying things I don't like. So they've they've tried to twist that principle. Don't let them. Nick in San Jose writes, maybe you heard Ted Nugent recently came down with a terrible case of the COVID. Mm-hmm. That's right. Ted Nugent got the bat scratch fever. I know. Can't believe that didn't occur to me yesterday. That's pretty obvious and good. I was How reading old's... about uh, terrible Ted. How old is Ted? He's probably in the age group where you got to be pretty worried about getting uh, COVID. Yeah, he's right? in his 70s. Yeah. Uh, I also was reading that he has been like a way out there COVID denier. And anti-vax, vax and yeah, all that. Yeah, 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 all sorts of stuff. He said he's sick, uh, sicker than he's ever been right now. So hmm. we, we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, I do not yearn for vengeance against people who are wrong. I don't it's wish just... him a speedy recovery or a slow recovery or anything. I don't. I just don't ever think about Ted Nugent. Not even when you're doing the wango tango. Dan sent this meme along. Seven-year-old girl shot and killed while waiting in McDonald's drive-thru with her father. Where's Black Lives Matter? Ten to hundreds of times more young black people die at the hands of gang violence than die at the hands of police. If you really wanted to save the most lives you would be out there campaigning against gang violence. But the the Marxist phonies, the scammers at the uh, head of Black Lives Matter, they're, they're just making lots of money. Fools. Uh, let's see. Al writes, a little nerdy here, but in math, this is the fairly eloquent, I said it was very eloquent, um, the analysis of the Chauvin trial. Al writes, a uh, little nerdy here, but in math, zero divided by zero is undefined. It can be any answer you want. I feel the same uh, is true in the Derek Chauvin-George Floyd case. You have a bad example of a police officer and a bad example of a citizen. Two zeros. The story can be spun to be whatever you want. A bad cop restraining and murdering a fine citizen or a drug addict resisting arrest and dying of a drug overdose. If we focus on the worst of society, it will obviously be outrageous. So I guess that's why it's reported the most. Find me a non-zero on either end and I'll get outraged. One non-zero to me would be if you don't have a cell phone video of this or a couple, does he get away with it? Uh, Yes. Yeah, Ah, I think so. Uh, I I heard it said, I read it earlier this morning, that um, uh, without the video, this would be a one-paragraph item in the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Yeah. I've got the original report um, from the Minneapolis police, and it's a lot different than the video. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Uh, let's see, moving along, uh, Adam writes, uh, first of all, he wants to, uh, he says some really nice things about the show. Shout out to Positive Sean and Michelangelo for their contributions to the hilarious yet thoughtful content. Who asked so, uh, Well done, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> I got an email from my corporate overlords notifying me, the workforce, uh, blah, 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 that the woke re-education training is on the way. Sometime you'd mentioned a website that has material to stand up to this kind of indoctrination. Would you kindly add it to the website, mention it on the show again, or email back if possible if you still remember it. Thanks. Uh, all three. We will post it at armstrongandgetty.com under hot links. I swear I was going to remember it. It is... Oh, where is it? It's uh, dang it! What's it? It's the. Hang on, we'll get it to you. Uh, 
Um, I actually emailed him back because uh, I remembered it. Oh, this is frustrating. Senior moment. I'll come up with it. Or somebody whisper it in my ear, would you? It's Helen Pluckrose. But something support.com. Anyway, moving along. Uh, Justin writes, Officer Chauvin immediately stood up and put his hands behind his back upon the verdict being read at the direction of the bailiff. Imagine where we'd be had George Floyd done the same. Well, Derek Chauvin wasn't freaking out from a drug overdose either. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then we got this. Got this from a cop. Uh, Al Anonymous, the cop. He was thinking... Uh, he says, my wife and I have talked about what would happen if I died in the line of duty. We've never talked about what would happen if I ended up in prison. Hmm. And as a mental exercise, last night he imagined it was, I'll just read, I imagined it was my last night before I went to prison. It's an exercise I did for myself. I couldn't let my wife and kids on on the hypothetical, in on it. Uh, my wife cooked an amazing dinner, kids singing school songs, playing with their spaghetti, the wine tasted sweeter. As I tucked my kids in for bed, I imagined it was my last time doing so. Not because I was shot during a traffic stop, which is always possible, but because I made a mistake or perceived mistake. I tried not to cry during this hypothetical exercise, but it all came out. I was bawling. I can't even imagine. And says his attitude about his job has changed completely. He is just looking for low risk, low risk, low risk. It's too dangerous legally to be a cop. Yeah, I don't think Chauvin made a mistake, but if you use the example of the woman who grabbed her taser instead of her gun, um, you know, if that was indeed a mistake, right, yeah, she right. might do jail time. And that website, folks, sorry, counterweightsupport.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Due to pandemic stresses on the supply chain, please brace yourselves. There is a shortage of garden gnomes because of raw materials being hard to come by and the recent blockage of the Suez Canal contributing to the national shortage. That's right. Everyone knows the Suez is the global garden gnome superhighway. 80% of the world's gnome supply moves through the Suez, but I bet not one of you took this crisis seriously until your gardens lost their whimsy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We'll play the full O.J. Simpson tweet uh, next segment. It's worth hearing. It's just from a standpoint of... What's going on in this guy's head is mostly well, what it's all about, I guess. I think it was positive Sean who, who said he may be the least room-reading person in the world. Damn! We don't want to hear anything from you, OJ, ever again. I'm just saying. <laughs> so an opinion piece in the uh, Washington Examiner from somebody... When masks are not medically necessary, wearing them is nothing but an artificially virtuous display that only furthers anxiety for other people. Okay, agree or disagree. And then the Atlantic with a long piece about, uh, well, their headline is, are outdoor mask mandates still necessary? And the Atlantic is not necessarily a right-leaning publication, as you should know. Right, yeah. Governments need to give Americans an off-ramp to the post-pandemic world. Ending outdoor mask requirements would be a good place to start. Any state that does it, of course, gets killed by... uh, Neanderthal thinking. 
Um, so I'll read this writer, Derek Thompson from The Atlantic. I thought it was pretty clever. Last week, I covered my nose and mouth with close-fitting fabric like a good citizen and walked to a restaurant in Washington, D.C., where I demasked at a patio table to greet a friend. I sat with my chair facing the entrance and watched dozens of people f- perform the same ritual, removing a mask they'd worn outside and alone. It seemed like the most normal thing in the world until suddenly it seemed very weird. The coronavirus is most transmissible in poorly ventilated indoor spaces. There are studies that show the transmission is 19 times higher inside than outside. That's why wearing a mask inside is so important, but not really important outside. At the restaurant, however, I saw an inversion of this rule. Person after person who dutifully worn a mask on the uncrowded street alone, took it off to sit still in close proximity to friends and frequently inside. I felt like I was watching people put on their seatbelts in parked cars, then unbuckle them just as they put the vehicle in drive. You know, points off for this guy just realizing this, because we've been saying this for months. It's it's patently idiotic, but he's right. Perhaps a weird, a bit of weirdness should be expected. Rising vaccinations and burbling variants make for an awkward transition period in which it's legitimately confusing to know when masking is a necessary and considerate act and when it's more epidemiology. From an epidemiology standpoint, it's no more protective than, say, wearing a hat. <laughs> oh, you know, that reminds me, uh, my band, Burbling Variants, uh, we're rehearsing tonight. i gotta, I got to set aside time for that. We all play maracas. It's, uh, <laughs> it's different. Um, which si- the Different sizes of maracas? Is that mainly the Well, thing? naturally. Of course. What, all the same size maracas? Please. Um, with few known instances of... Are you ready to maroc, is what we say to people at the shows. I like it. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Please, go on. This is a very long piece, but I'll just throw in a little bit more. With With a few known instances of outdoor transmission, sweeping mask requirements only serve to undercut the authority of public health officials and bolster the case of mask and vaccine skeptics. Because it's idiotic, yes. Getting beyond the pandemic in the United States will require a portfolio approach that combines hard science with soft persuasion. There is going to be, there's going to need to be people like your Joe Bidens or your governors or whatever saying, look, wearing a mask in this situation is not necessary. If you're vaccinated and you're outside, there's no need to wear a mask. Well, hell, if you're not vaccinated and you're outside, there's really no no real reason to wear a mask. Well, it, yeah, and that that is not only for the mask wearer, but it's for the other people so that they don't freak out every time they see somebody without a mask. Yeah, that's the I only way. That. That's yeah. the only way we're going to transition out of this. Otherwise, you know, people are going to be angry. Depending on where you live, quite angry if they see you without a mask anywhere. Has there been a mask related murder yet? I can't remember. There was early on, wasn't there? I Didn't tend to forget these things, because why am I going to dwell on the horror? But For some reason, I don't remember if it was a murder yeah. or a beating. Oklahoma guy wanted to yeah. try to get yeah. somebody to wear a mask at the sure. store. Oh, that's right. Employee of a store. Yeah, just terrible. That was ridiculous and awful, but it will also be ridiculous and awful if you're uh, ordering me to wear a mask when I'm fully vaccinated. Right. Right. You know, it's funny you should bring this up because I had this uh, KGO TV in the San Francisco Bay Area had this piece. Uh, when when should California lift its outdoor mask mandate? And as usual with the state of Cal Unicornia, my reaction is there was an outdoor mask mandate. <laughs> Didn't look like it to me when I was at the park this weekend. <laughs> you can go anywhere you want. It doesn't look like it. So, again, the, the, the very question is is a head scratcher. But it varies so much from person to person. And I, and I wonder who will be the last maskers I see. 
uh, out there. But I but I saw a thirty year old fit dude riding a bicycle with his you know I'm in the Tour de France clothes on that some bike riders feel they need to have yeah. um, wearing a mask while he's, he's an riding idiot. Town. He doesn't understand science. <laughs> Unless he has a terribly compromised immune system, then he probably ought to wear a mask 365 days a year for the rest of his life. Uh, but that is idiotic. I actually have another study of people's attitudes and beliefs about the COVID and uh, and so, some related stuff based on who they voted, voted for. That is so interesting. It goes a little beyond what we've already talked about. But I just think the um, untangling of this is going to be interesting to watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and and particularly complicated because there's been so much silly misinformation from the authorities. They've lost their authority. So anyway, getting where, back where to this. I, yeah. I was someplace the other day, and I had to sign something, and they said, wait, wait, well, let me get you a disinfected pen. And they said, oh, we don't have any disinfected pens. Hold on a second. And they turned around, and they went and got a pen and some disinfectant, and they got a, a, a wipe and wiped it all off, and it took like a couple of minutes. And I, oh, God, I, I just please. stood there and waited. I didn't say you know, I'm not the least bit worried of getting COVID from a pen, and I've had at least one shot. I just, so, yeah. don't uh, worry about it. But I actually have. I've said, the guy was rummaging around for a, a disinfected pen, and I said, just give me that one. It's fine. Anyway, uh, so they make the point in this uh, KGO article, uh, as California makes progress in the fight against COVID-19, a discussion is growing over if or when it might be time to ease the state's outdoor mask mandate. If... Like, never? Please. And they actually reference uh, the slate in the Atlantic uh, asking if it's time to do the same thing. In Israel, outdoor mask mandate lifted over the weekend. And listen to this. Local Bay Area health experts are conflicted. Says U.S. Uh, University of California at San Francisco infectious disease expert Dr. George Rutherford. No, no, absolutely not. At this point in time, when we actually still have a lot of people unvaccinated and still 2,500 cases a day in California, new cases a day in California, it seems to be a, a prudent thing to continue. And then he thinks Israel's lifted their mandate uh, prematurely. But another infectious disease specialist at the same university says, yeah, it's time to reconsider them outside thing. She says there's a lot of data, especially over the last six months, that show us that the risk of outdoor transmission is very low. In fact, there was a study from Ireland that looks at about 1 in 1,000 transmissions occur outside as opposed to indoors when we know there's a lot more droplets and a lot more transmission. So in this setting of decreasing cases and confidence in the vaccine, yeah, it's time to lift the outdoor mask mandate. Yeah, and and this particular, I assume, lefty's theory on it, and I think he's absolutely right, is outdoor mask mandates also turn people off from obeying better rules. And that's the problem with all bad laws. Um, All bad laws uh, weaken, you know, good laws, because you just get in the habit of deciding for yourself what's what's okay and what's not. So get rid of the silly outdoor mask mandates, and you'll probably get more compliance with the real um, things that we actually need to do. Yeah, I would agree completely. That makes great sense to me. Yeah, unenforceable laws lower the respect for all laws. And um, idiotic, clearly idiotic laws, uh, they lead to cynicism. The argument uh, we'll, that- <laughs> we'll get to that, that scientific survey that shows voters across the political spectrum and what they believe. Uh, it's so interesting. We'll get to that in hour two. If you can't be here for it, grab it via the podcast later today at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you grab podcasts. I like this guy's writing. The argument that outdoor mask mandates create a warm and fuzzy feeling of social solidarity, solidarity confuses a personal definition of etiquette. I think I think my mask makes everybody feel safe. 
With a public defense of population-wide laws, everybody should wear a mask everywhere because it's the only way to make everybody feel safe. Fitting all those things together is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus the craze of feeling safe. And the minute you feel the slightest bit unsafe making a speech or weeping bitter tears over it or crying out to the administration at your college or whatever, that you should feel 100% safe and, and unchallenged all the time. But can, can we please get rid of that? I would feel unsafe if I was dating O.J. Simpson's ex-wife and had been driving his cool car hmm. and was over at his wife's house. Yes. O.J. Simpson, for some reason, decided he needed to tweet out about the trial yesterday before the verdict came down. If you haven't heard this, it's a doozy. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I certainly feel like, and I'm sure it was true for anybody over the age of, I don't know, 35, 40, that yesterday was the first time since the OJ trial that you'd had felt the whole country was waiting for a verdict to come down. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, and the moment it was uh, announced that it's going to come down, it's kind of, everybody was running around and talking to each other and looking at the phones and the rest of it, yeah. I don't know if it was lost or wasn't lost. On O.J. Simpson, the person that was being charged with murder in that case way back in the day that we were all comparing this to. I can't tell if, well, I don't know. He had a different perspective on it than the rest of us. Let's, uh, he, (laughs) (laughs) polls now show that uh, vast majority of Americans, including blacks, believe he he is a murderer, right? Yeah, probably because he is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, he tweeted this out yesterday before the verdict came down. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, today we can't get away from this uh, Chauvin, Derek Chauvin case, uh, and hopefully we'll get a verdict soon. Um, You know, when I first saw it, my first reaction, as I said, is I thought it was a classic case of depraved indifference. I thought it was unnecessary force. And no matter which side you're on, I think everybody would pretty much have to agree that if those... So we we got to jump in there. (laughs) I'm sorry. Let me try to close my mouth now. I know. Because <laughs> it's hanging open. O.J. Simpson jumping in. When I saw it, it was, to me, a classic case of depraved indifference. Ipso facto. Says the guy. Well, he's up on legal terminology. Says the guy who cut two people's heads off. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that just. What? I don't even know where to start. Does, <laughs> does, so is he, is he so crazy about this whole thing that, like, he doesn't even connect the two? He doesn't even see that? I think it's part of his self-delusion, honestly. Because at no point during this couple-minute couple, couple minute tweet does he say, in my trial, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, like, wink at the fact that, you know, I was in a high-profile <sighs> murder trial. I was a, you know, a participant in probably the most famous murder trial of all time. He doesn't connect that at all. I don't think he can psychologically. He has deluded himself into thinking he did not kill those people. I believe it's the only that, thing that keeps him sane. Has he deluded himself into b- believing the trial never even occurred? No, I just think it's too painful to think about. It gets him too close to uh, the 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 removal of the delusion. How do That's you my start guess. Talking about a murder trial, <laughs> if you're O.J. Simpson, 
and not mention yours. <laughs> I just think it's so interesting that I was going to say this is O.J.'s second act as a uh, cultural commentator, but it's, I think it's his fourth act, uh, sports hero, crappy actor, murderer, now social commentator. Damn! Hey, got to admire the guy for keeping, you know, the, the plugging. Keep plugging. Hey, YouTube, yours truly. Yeah. yeah. We know. It's coming from your account. You don't have to introduce yourself every time. <laughs> anyway, back to back to OJ. I thought it was a classic case of depraved indifference. I thought it was unnecessary force. And no matter which side you're on, I think everybody would pretty much have to agree that if those deputies and if Shaven would have gotten off of George Floyd, there was no chance George Floyd was going to get up and try to run. There was no chance that he was going to get up and try to attack them handcuffed. It didn't seem to be his personality. Uh, it just seemed that the force was totally unnecessary. They seemed that the only problem was he, uh, his little problem with uh, claustrophobia, I guess, and the smallness of the back seat of that car, which had to be pretty tough for a guy his size to get into. Should have brought a paddy wagon. As far as Representative Maxine Waters is concerned, oh boy, I here we go. Understood what she was saying. It was a call to arms, not to necessarily physical arms, but a call to come out and uh, and work and vote. Uh, but she's got to understand her words matter, and she's got to be a lot clearer in how she says them because you can't be critical of the other side during the insurrection when they were saying, "Get out and fight. You got to fight." <laughs> And, uh, and criticize what they were saying when they claimed later on that they meant pretty much what Maxine Waters meant. So okay. you would think these politicians could communicate a lot better than evidently they've been doing. You in, in lost event, me three times got, in the previous sentence, OJ. Damn! <laughs> Let him wrap up. Communicate a lot better than evidently they've been doing. In any event, we got the NFL draft... <laughs> coming i hope this is behind us i hope uh i do hope that there's some kind of verdict uh of a conviction i think the man deserves it uh to what degree you got to let the jury speak it's the american way mm-hmm. now now my girlfriend lost her saying, uh, take care. sunglasses wear your mask wear your masks all oh, right we'll do oj oj i think i'll wear a neck brace around you too just to be safe <laughs> I, I love that part the end though you know i think there should be some sort of conviction but it's up to the jury it's the american way so <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> yes wow. you were involved in the most high profile case in the last 500 years in the world <laughs> when i did it i thoroughly enjoyed it i thoroughly enjoyed the opportunity to do it how do you not reference that? That's just wow. hilarious. There could be a college class taught on that tape. I mean, there's, there's, there's a dozen topics introduced there. I mean, just about his psyche. And it, well, All right. Yeah, the NFL draft was one of the topics introduced there, too. Yeah, that's a good it's point. How do, you, how do you like the Packers? Uh, Mid-17th uh, uh, position, blah, blah, blah. All right, OJ, you <laughs> crazy person. I'm just saying. Fascinating uh, look into the psyche of, of human beings and how they can you know, uh, transform their memories to fit whatever they need it to fit to to continue to function in life. Sure, yeah, to reduce your psychological misery. I was just reading more on how uh, memory memories change. That's one of the most disturbing things I've ever uh, 
ever learned that our memories evolve, and there's nothing you can do about it, really, unless you just document everything that happens to you with photographs. It's one of the reasons witness testimony is kind of questionable in trials. Anyway, uh, speaking of athletics and that sort of thing, I just... I'm just saying, take care. Wear your mask. <laughs> All right. We'll do juice. <laughs> juice. Uh, I've, I've half kicked... Oh, man. It, it's a workplace faux pas, but I've half kicked off one of my uh, my Nike running shoes. I, I bought a pair of these shoes, and they're the best running shoes I've ever had. They're incredibly comfortable. They're like wearing slippers. I mean, they're just spectacular. And so uh, they're starting to wear out. I, I bought another pair, the pair I'm wearing today, and they hurt my feet. They're they're just really uncomfortable. They press in my the ball of my foot in a way that's just terrible. And so I probably ought to throw them away. All right, now I'm going to say I'm going to say the same sentence twice. This is like the other day when we had what was that a a sentence you could say seven different ways? Mm-hmm. That was so cool. That was fun. Anyway, um, I'm going to say this twice. First time. <laughs> I hope complaining about my Nike shoes doesn't get a a, a Chinese slave beaten. (laughs) Or, I hope me complaining about these shoes doesn't cause a Chinese slave to be beaten. Big-time American corporations still doing business with the slavers in China as they lecture us. Never forget, folks. Did you see the New York Times ran a piece shaming corporations that hadn't shamed Georgia? The other day? Yeah, I saw a piece today then about uh, the First Amendment applies to freedom of speech, and there's a freedom to not speak also, and more companies need to invoke that. And if enough do, maybe it'll catch on to just say, we're invoking our uh, First Amendment right to not weigh in on this topic. Right. We're going to, or just say, we're going to focus on our business. It's important to us. Y'all figure that out. Uh, on that topic, a great letter from black leaders I want to read to you next. Armstrong and Getty.